Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think we're... Uh, Lock Talk Radio. Maybe not. <laughs> I think we're live, buddy. I'm here. I got right. Frank Budalesk. And what's up, big Frank? What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Just, <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, I haven't done a podcast in, like, probably like a year and a little bit, and I'm like, I'm going to plan this out. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to do all my research <laughs> and make sure all this stuff works. And uh, yeah, it goes from one faster to the next, dude. It's just crazy. So I couldn't get Skype. I guess Skype has, like, a zillion new uh, downloads now, and some of the new ones yeah. you can't even use as a phone link. So I don't know. So anyway... I saw you in the studio, dude. You were getting all professional in the studio and everything. I was like, damn, fuck. I'm taking this shit serious. But, yeah, so anyway, I'm glad to have you on, brother. And uh, I know you've been busy. Got the Arnold Classic. I mean, that's just the Super Bowl of, like, uh, fitness, whatever, extravagant. Man, it is everybody. crazy. Now you're going to be there, right? Um, I'm not going to be there, well, unfortunately, yeah. Oh, you're not going? I thought yeah, you were going. Yeah, I was planning. I was. I was planning on it, and then, like, I don't know, things change when you uh, you get three kids in your life. and uh, I get Of course. Bit, uh, Something I know a little bit about. You know, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you know that, man. You got, you got a crew. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so, you know, I'm going to be uh, probably going next year, but you're getting ready for that. I mean, tell people yep. a little bit about what goes on there for you. I mean, what, what what's that like for you to be at the expo it's, with all, like, your I'll tell you, it's since last year, I mean, my life has changed so much. All right. So just to give like a little background or whatever, years ago, um, you know, once I turned pro in bodybuilding, all right, I was going to the Arnold and the Olympia. I was going every single year. I was actually going before I was even pro. I was going when I, uh, when I was crippled from a car accident. All right. So that's where I got my motivation. And it's funny because I, I used to go to these shows, man. I was in, I was on crutches. I used walkers. I, you know, I was, I was really messed up for six years. And I can remember going to shows like the GNC show of strength. The very first year, I was at the very first one when they first introduced arm wrestling um, at a bodybuilding competition. And I can remember, you know, some of the guys like that, you know, we're, we're like, I was like sharing a cab with, you know what I mean? And, and years later, once I got interested in arm wrestling, I was like, holy shit, you know, that was John Brzezink or that was this person, that person. I didn't even know it at the time, you know? So it's just cool how, you know, as your interests change, you, you start to, to really appreciate different things. And, and I think that's pretty cool. But um, so I used to go just as a fan and, you know, I, I, that's where I got inspired. Uh, to make the, the change and transformation in my life. And then um, once I turned pro, um, you know, I would go and um, it started to change. It was almost more fun as a, like, as a, as a fan, as a spectator, you know. Um, once I went as pro, it was like, 
you're constantly eyeing people up and down. You know, you know that you're going to be competing against someone in a few weeks. And it just, it wasn't really as fun. If you look at a lot of the pros, you'll see some of them like kind of like have that look, you know what I mean? Like some are, are super thrilled that you're there and, and but others, it's like, it's different. It's just, you can see the look on their face. They're hungry. They're thinking about the competition and they're just not having as much fun. I'll tell you the best people to go up to at the Arnold are always going to be the guys who aren't necessarily, you know, competing that, that weekend um, that are just kind of there or, or guys that like are legends in the sport and whatever, they appreciate you coming up to them so much. You know what I'm saying? It's just when you're in that competitive mode, you're just you're not having as much fun. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of got burned out a little bit, right? So I had a, a head injury, and I was like, right, you know, I'm done. So I stopped going to shows for a while, and I kind of just disappeared completely up. And enough years had gone by that, you know, my name just kind of disappeared. And he was like, who the hell are you? Where the hell have you been? You know, when he saw me. And I was like, you know, I introduced myself, told my whole story and whatever. And, you know, he brought me on the 5% team. And then I got reintroduced at the Arnold last year. And I don't know, apparently, you know, I'm I'm as humble as can be. When I look in the mirror, I just, you know, my kids see me as just dad. I don't, I don't think of myself as anything, you know what I mean? But when I went to the Arnold and people saw my size, they were like, they kind of were blown away, I guess. And. Ever since then, you know, they, they awarded me uh, Freak of the Arnold, <laughs> stuff like that. So, I mean, it was called Iron Man mm-hmm. Magazine, gave me that title. And um, ever since then, you know, I, I've people just keep requesting me to be at, like, demos and expos and all kinds of stuff. And in the past year, I've probably done about 11 of them. And wow. everyone just gets better and better. It's It's been because... I'm not in that competitive mindset. I'm just there to kind of get my message across and, and you know, preach my positivity. See, I don't, I don't like what's happening just across the board, whether it be bodybuilding, powerlifting, uh, arm wrestling, all that stuff. So much negativity. I, I can't take it. And I know we've kind of talked about that before where we just, we're positive people. We hate the, the garbage that happens, you know what I mean, that goes on. So no, if absolutely. I can – it, I mean, it's it's just too much. I mean, one thing, friendly poking and jabbing and stuff like that, you know, that's that's one thing. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Like like a Travis Bajan, right? He does it. He can take it a little bit too far sometimes. But but when he does it, you're still laughing. You know what I mean? You're like, a super bastard. You know what I mean? Like, you just kind of take, you know, with a grain of salt. But you get some people that it's like they legitimately hate you for absolutely no reason. And it's like, did I? Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about that because I kind of like yeah. I, I kind of was um I kind of did a little video the other day and I kind of talked about I saw you on you know I was going through the gram and I saw like yeah. um, some stuff going on about people mm-hmm. you know saying like how they like it was really like like I had to stop reading some of the comments because they're really getting to the yeah. point where. You know, like, it's not yeah. just, like, bashing, like, you know, juice head, meat head, whatever. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, the yeah. people, yeah. warriors, but it's the people that are talking yeah. about your family dying or all this stuff. It's just, like, and I know we're in a we're in a really crazy, strange place right now with social media, and people can contact you and say whatever they want and do yeah. some really crazy um, things because it's so easy to communicate. And people, 
are really mean now. It's really like yeah. it's just crazy. And bodybuilding, like I remember when I was in it, you know, the forms were like get big and muscle development. You know, like back in those yeah. days, and you go on yep. the forms and stuff. You post a picture of some, you know, up and coming bodybuilder or something, and they would just put him like, to, like just check him apart and like just talk yeah. negative, and then all of a sudden, if they yeah. did anything, God forbid, you have a past. You know what I mean, Frank? God yep. forbid. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. you know, then that's smeared. But, but my my thing was always confusion was it's like you know get big or bodybuilding dot com or whatever. I'm like God, aren't these forms supposed to like promote the sport? Why like you Absolutely. know beat it all up? But you know, but it's yeah. just it's a really crazy time now because people can get on that. But I, I guess I guess like my focus point my focus on what I want to ask is really like how do you mm-hmm. deal with that? You get so much positivity. Yeah. You change so many lives with your testimonial. You know, people yep. can say what they want, but it's perseverance, and it takes a lot. To like, you know, like that blows my mind that you could actually be around other bodybuilders and be around people when you're not in the best shape of your life, or you're on crutches because of you know your the accident and stuff like that that you yeah. had. I think it takes yep. a special being just to be around that. You know what I mean? So, yep. but I guess yep. my question is like, how do you deal with the haters out there? You know, putting yourself out there, do you like, do you, yeah. does that really eat at you? I know you said earlier it kind of bothers I, you, but is that something you can kind of put up a wall? Yeah, I mean, what I when I first when I first disappeared from this sport, I was just I was completely burned out. I was like, okay, enough, because that is when the internet really started like blowing up, right? And I mm-hmm. I've said this in so many interviews, but it just seems like these days. Everybody strives to be mediocre. I mean, how old are you? 46. Great. Okay, I'm 46. So, same age. You remember when we started in gyms, right? We started in gyms. You you idolized the biggest guy, right? If that guy threw you any bit of knowledge, you were, like, blessed. You thought it was, like, the greatest thing ever. And these days, the guy half your size – is going to see you in the gym, walk over and say, Hey, how come you're not touching the bar to your chest? Or how come when you're doing, when you're doing military presses, you know, you're, you're only going, you're only bringing the bar down to your eyes. You're not going all the way to, you're just looking at them. Like, you know, it wasn't magic that I got to the size. You know, it's just, it's amazing how rude people could be. So we're in a, we're in such a different time right now. It's it's really shocking. And well, you know it's funny you, you talk about like when you started in gyms, like remember like mm-hmm. back in the days, like I remember going to the gyms when I was like sixteen, seventeen, in you know, my early twenties and stuff. And like yep. the people that you're talking about, like, you know, guys would say, Oh, I eat like, you know, fifteen peanut butter banana sandwiches yeah. meanwhile yeah. I know the secret testosterone, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're just trying to tell me yeah eat a lot of food basically but <laughs> yeah you know what i miss you know what i miss i miss the real mm-hmm. men that trained that didn't wear the little matching little Absolutely. get-ups and all that stuff. Like the yep. guys that train hard that just like yep. and then they were trained like animals but you could go over as a youngster and go hey man does that curl like really focus on your peak of your bicep say it's a preacher curl yes and they would go over and show you but some yeah like you know, expert with, like, these, you got these people with no credentials because they're YouTube, 
you know, training, hopping around and doing jumping jacks and whatever, you know, and they think they know everything and they'll come up to people with a negative fortitude about, wow, you're doing that wrong or why are you touching your chest? And meanwhile, they're a buck, you know, 55 or whatever, and they don't know anything, but macros, you know what I mean? Like everybody wants to kind of change the whole perspective. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the thing because and so, everybody, many people, so many people out there that are making so much money, so much money on social media that become these trainers that have these followers, you know, and it's just crazy. Yep. Like it blows my mind that I'm going to pay someone $4,000 for a diet or something. It's just crazy. At but, least. But, at but least. Really I've, seen, also, I've seen $4,000 $4, for like 15 weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's it's, it's yeah. insane. And the worst part about it is, all these people that think that they're normal, right? All they're doing, the really good ones are making a lot of money. <laughs> it's just I can never bring myself to do it. But what they're doing is they're purposely causing confusion. They're making you feel that there's an easier way because we're at a time period where easier is better, right? One more person say, oh, well, my ex-coach gave me metabolic dynamics. No, they didn't. You dieted, and then you picked out, and then you screwed up your your metabolism. Mm-hmm. Dieting... Try try going to a third world country and telling them, listen, I eat six meals per day, but really I starve myself. You know, it's 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 complete nonsense. And in this time period where everybody is like, everybody's striving to be mediocre, when you do get someone who is, let's say, excelled in anything, and it could be bodybuilding, arm wrestling, it could be anything, all of a sudden everybody starts attacking it because they're like, Oh, well, no way. No way could that be normal. No way can that be good. No way can, can they be better than I am. Even though these people have only been doing it for six months, a year, or something like that. Um, and they mm-hmm. start attacking these people, themselves feel better, to, to soothe their own insecurities. So when I see, yes. you know, when I first started reading these negative comments, and first I got it with bodybuilding. Then arm wrestling, forget it. Then it was like, and what people don't under, understand is, you know, when when I took the match against Devin, everyone's like, what right does he have to, you know, take on a world championship? Devin asked me to do it to help the sport, okay? Some of my very best, and you know this, some of my best friends are in the sport of arm wrestling. If I can do anything to help that sport, I'm going to do it to help that sport because I love the sport. I am not the best arm wrestler by far, <laughs> like not even by far. Um, I know, make it lucky you know and, and have a lucky hit. But what's that? It's just, you know what cracks me up about that whole scenario with you and Devin and stuff? People yeah. are like, they get like, they just get so upset. Like, you know, the thing about like, you're not worthy or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But they miss the reality of yeah. the whole situation is about raising money for a great cause and putting on a great yeah. show. And people are like, yes. Too busy wanting to be like some of the stuff I was reading from people that I knew, and I was like, "Oh my god, really, dude? Like you're really that upset about this?" I mean, horrible, you know, and, horrible, you know. But the, but at the end of the day, it's like it's helping yeah. the sport, and people, yeah. especially from like your side, the fitness industry, mm-hmm. you can bring people over, yes. like sort of what Scott Mendelson is doing with you know, being yeah. a power lifter, now he's arm wrestling. So that, yeah. his following is coming over and going, wow, look at this sport over here. Yeah. Like, that, oh, it's not a bunch of, you know, 
But you guys, this and that was the plan. The for, yeah. Yes, and that was but that I, was the whole plan. And what I kind of wish that people would have spun off of is if you look on only I think it's only three different sites, and you can you combine those numbers. That match has been viewed over one million times, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have one match, one super match that's been viewed over one million times, now there are not that many arm wrestling fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so we, oh. that was getting people from every industry to watch this, okay? And it got so big that even bodybuilding, like very known, you know, uh, shows start featuring it. So it, it was really blowing up. Now, over 1 million hits on it, right? Now, a smart mm-hmm. person who is running an organization will take those numbers, go to Budweiser, Labatt, um, mm-hmm. wherever, and say, look, kind of like what they, what they do for the Arnold and for the Olympia, for the bodybuilding, right? Mm-hmm. They, they put it on a live feed. They should get, you know, sponsors like beer companies or yeah. whatever and go to them and say, listen, yeah. we had one match that hit a million. We could probably mm-hmm. do much better than that if we do a live feed of the biggest arm wrestling tournament, you know, yet and get these, get these companies on board. All right. Now you start being able to pay arm wrestlers the money that they deserve to be making. And that was something that was huge for me. I was hoping that someone's going to realize what could be done don't charge per view because that doesn't work. Because too many people start stealing it. Give it for free, just like they do for the Arnold, but get sponsors and tell the sponsors, listen, this is a controlled audience. We will put your banner right behind the, right behind the table. We will promote your company throughout the entire event. We have the best arm wrestlers from around the world. We're going to have a super match with whoever from the NFL versus such and such strongman. You know what I mean? Like, make it fun. I mean, you, you can you can seriously come up with millions of dollars that way, and it, 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 it just, I didn't see anyone do it, <laughs> you know. And it was like, why well, aren't you doing it? it? Well, it's so crazy because you know your guys has got more views than the WAL show on ESPN, and they spent you know whatever they did for that. So it's like this: it's like arm wrestling is going to be successful when you have characters and do super matches. So I guess what the WAL is going to do now is they're going to do super matches. So hopefully they build some characters like you were yes. and everybody knew who Devin was and that's what they fed mm-hmm. off of. And they saw these little videos going back and forth, which I swear, yep. like sometimes these comments were like, you were talking about someone's brother, you know what I mean? It's like, I know, dude, it's, I know. Like, it's just trying to see. I'm up, good. I'm, I'm, I'm very good at, at building, you know, <laughs> building that animosity, whatever. But, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we need to sell tickets to help children. You know what I mean? So yeah. if I had to ru- you know, know. ruffle some feathers, then after I would have been like, okay, listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? We had, we had to sell tickets. That That's what was, what's happening now Devin and I were very good friends he's been working with me so I mean Devin's an awesome guy we had to sell tickets Mm -hmm. it was fun you know I hit him with all I had and (laughs) that was it you know what I mean I had no Mm -hmm. I had no thought of I'm gonna take that hammer you know what I'm saying I was gonna give him all I had you know what I mean I'm not someone who's just gonna be like okay well you know but um Mm -hmm. I, I mean, he's the best. You know what I mean? I'd like, it was an honor just to be there. 
And I don't think people mm-hmm. realize, I think maybe people thought I came in beating my chest, maybe like some other people have done in the past, you know, beating my chest saying, oh, I'm going to do this and that. Look, you know, I, I was going to give it all I but could, but there was no, I, I was not delusional, you know, so. No, no, but even if you do that stuff, it's for, like, build-up. Yeah. You build it up. Like, I'd rather see someone yes. beat their chest and kind of get excited about it. And you yes. know what I mean? Like, that's the problem. I think, like, we're just trying to, like, do some fun things with the sport and promote it. And I think sometimes people get a little bit worked up with um, – as long as it doesn't get disrespectful, it's just fun, you know what yes. I mean? But I think that people will yes. get upset and some of the more – you know, traditional type of arm wrestles. And I get it. I get it. But I just figure what you guys did was a good example of how you can make money and get sponsors to go on there and go, Hey man, we got two, a million views or 2 million views. You yes. put your banner here yep. and, and then you get things rolling. And I mean, it, it, yep. it's just, it just seems so simple of a process, but no one really, you know what I mean? And then you have Nobody's, people that run. Nobody's them, right? doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of bizarre. But let's go back a little bit, man. I want to talk yeah. about I want to talk about perseverance. I want to talk about yeah. after you got in the accident. And I know you talked about mm-hmm. this, you know, numerous times. But you know, like yeah. you know, last year, like when I broke my arm, and I thought, oh man, this is devastating. I'm never going to arm wrestle again. Yeah. Question myself, you know, there's a little depression that goes mm-hmm. on because you're sitting there for a couple of weeks course. in a chair. But you know, and I'm not I'm not by any means. Um, you know, compare my injury to yours, but the mindset, it's all the same. Sure. You know what I mean? Like you just of course. thinking like, so after all that happened, you know, you're laying in the hospital bed. You, yep. Like what's going through your head, man? Like what's going through your head? Like when, when I, you see, I was supposed to play football. I was groomed to play pro. So I think probably the toughest thing was calling home. Believe it or not, calling home kind of like wanted my parents to know that I was okay. And my father answering, and his first thing was, you're not going to play anymore? It was like, uh, I'll tell you what, that phone call was worse than the pain I was going through. And I was going through a lot of pain. Um, It was like that was – it was just, it was like a high school movie, dude. You know, I was groomed to play football. That's, that was me. That was my identity. And all of a sudden, I knew it was taken away. And, you know, they started, as time went on, when they're telling me, you're not going to walk right, you're not going to lift weights, you're not going to do all these things, you're going to have to, and I kept hearing over and over and over, your, the way that your life was is over you're going to have to change the way you do everything whatever i would you know i would lay there and i was like depression doesn't even cover it like i just glazed over and i just didn't care i didn't want to talk i didn't want to do anything and and you know, I, i'll say right out you know i i would drink i was drinking i was self-destructive i honestly didn't care if I saw the next day and I went through years that way, how I'll tell you, it's, it seems weird. Cause when I say six years, you know, I say six years, it seems like so long, but because I was just so dead inside, those six years kind of went fast. When I think back at it now, um, I wouldn't like in the summer, I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't, 
I didn't swim. I didn't, I never took my shirt off. I wouldn't even wear a short sleeve shirt. Like I was, I was a real mess. Like my head was just destroyed. And I went through operation after operation after operation. It was just, I just got to a point where it was, I, and I've said this before, I was either going to change my life or, you know, take my life. It was one or the other. And I just thought to myself, I hate what ifs in life. That's pretty much the worst thing ever to me is a what if. So I just said, what if I changed my life, you know? So I started going to these bodybuilding competitions and powerlifting competitions and stuff like that to just watch. And I was the fat crippled guy in the corner, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, I would talk to some people, you know, and let them know what I wanted to do. And they just start laughing. You know, like it was a joke. Everything, even my own family thought it was a joke because I had just become the the crippled, overweight, you know, brother or son or whatever. And then I just started, I, I, it's hard to explain, but I don't know if you want to call it finding God. I found something, found God, found a lot of things. And I went through hypnotherapy, all right, to learn how to use my mind to block my pain. And I started using my pain as almost like I would take that anger and use that anger to force myself through the pain. And I would just keep saying to myself, what's the worst that's going to happen? Am I going to die? No, I'm not going to die. Die. Keep going. And I guess I would almost think of like a, a soldier that shot on the, you know, in war, right? He's not just going to lay there. He's going to keep freaking moving. And that's what I applied to, what I was doing. I would be in so much pain. It was ridiculous. Like I would go to walk. My spine was, was twisted and there were breaks. So I would force my, force my back straight. Right. I would force myself to walk through pain and I would fall all the time, you know, but I just forced myself to do it. And, um, I mean, just eventually forcing my, and, and this was my belief. Everyone wants to know, why would you get so big? Why would you get so big? I had a belief that if I put on enough muscle, I could stop my surgeries, and it would take the place of my damaged ligaments and tendons um, or the ligaments and tendons that were torn, and it would hold my body straight. It would almost like mask my injuries, almost like a brace would. And everyone said I was crazy, but it worked. And the more muscle I put on, the more functional I became. So where some people say, oh, muscle, you know, is going to cut down your, on how functional you are. In my case, my muscle holds me together. It allows me to function and perform like a normal person. So I just, <laughs> I just kept fighting through. And, and one day, um, you know, I was like, oh, I want to take it to the next level. I want to compete. And again, people laugh because I was got myself covered up and explosion of, of people screaming because I won the first show and uh, it just kind of all started from there. So what, so what was that like, man? What's the feeling of that? I mean, you're laying in the hospital bed one minute, people are laughing yeah. at you, you know, you yeah. just think that your goals and what you want to do are kind of a joke. And then you're on stage and people that, you know, that are listening that haven't competed in a bodybuilding show, it's one of the most humiliating yeah. things you could possibly do in your life because you, and it's yeah. a choice you make, of course, but it's very humiliating yeah. because you're judged on your, you know, criteria of your physique. So, yes. you know, you've 
going into that, that mindset of, you know, people just, I mean, just not believing in you, um, I guess yeah. that motivated you, sounds of it. But that I year when it. they called your name, yeah. you, you were the winner, you know, you're the last yeah. man standing. I mean, what did yeah. that mean to you? What, what, your, what was your mindset you, at that moment? I have a video clip, and I'm kind of standing there. It was between, as you, you, you know, they kept announcing, like, sixth, fifth, fourth, you know, all the way down to, it was down to the last two. And it was me and another guy who had already won years, years before. And um, that year he had, he, you know, he, he was telling everyone it was his year. He was going to win and all that stuff. And before I walked up to him, now I'm all covered. I'm bundled up. I went up to him and I stuck out my hand. I said, Hey, you know, Rich, I'm really sorry. And he shook my hand. He's like, for what? I go, I'm sorry. You have to wait one more year. Right. He kind of looked at me like, are you crazy? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Because he didn't expect, nobody expected anything from me because they didn't, they mm-hmm. had no idea what I looked like. And um, when they announced him second, uh, I looked out and the very first thing I saw, uh, it was the first time I've ever seen my father cry. So it was like, just, I was so overcome with emotion uh, you you could see on the video. I turned. I had to turn, and I kind of had my back to the crowd because I just I had my head down. I had my back to the crowd. It was just like I did it, you know. And once I allowed my brain to realize, I fucking did it. You know what I mean? Somehow, it, it's hard to explain, but somehow I believed in myself so much. I had already seen that moment a hundred times in my head. And all I was doing was reliving it the 101st time, except this time it was actually real. And that's why, if you notice, on everything I ever post, I'm always telling people, if you believe and you see yourself doing it, you actually have to see, taste, smell. You have to, you have to put yourself there that you can do it. You will do it. And I mean, I'm I'm living proof because if you look at my before pictures, to to, to even to even compare the before and after, people look at it like people don't even think it's real. They think it's you know not even me. Um, it's just you know I I finally I was standing there and it was like overwhelmed just because I saw the reaction on everyone else's face, but to me it wasn't like a ha ha told you. It was more of like a I've seen this a hundred times in my head. I'm just finally living it, you know, and it was just a really, really cool feeling. It was a a very, very satisfying feeling. And I knew from that moment on that the rest of my life was going to change. And it did. So after you won that show, how did your life start changing? I mean, now people are seeing that, you know, but obviously <laughs> have a physique yeah. to compete. You know, like what yeah. what happened as far as how your life changed? I mean, did you start doing yeah. anything different as far as work and stuff? Everything. I mean, what 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 happened yeah. for you? Well, my work, you know, with with work at the time, uh, at this time uh, in my life, I was uh, I had been with I was with General Motors for 13 years. So, um, where things changed was. Um, 
Well, I did. I did take a three-year leave. I went up opening up a, a couple gyms. A couple gyms asked me uh, to come and open because back at General Motors, you know, you were able to take a three-year leave. So I took a leave to open gyms as a consultant um, because they loved my story and they loved how when I started talking about it and my passion for helping people and, and transforming people, uh, they knew that if I applied that to the gym, that it would be very successful. It, it, it did. You know, there we had like eight thousand members during a pre-sale. It was crazy, but. Um, I'd say the biggest change was <laughs> it's funny that your biggest critics become your best friend. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's like I almost knew, I kind of felt like that was going to happen. Uh, and I think it happens in no matter what you ever do. You know, even, even if you're going for a job, right, and, and you eventually, you're, you're going against all these people for a job, and then all of a sudden you get the job, or, or people doubt that you're going to get a job and you wind up getting it was the first thing everyone wants to do. They, they say, oh, are they hiring? It was kind of like the same thing. You know, I did the competition. I won. People saw how I looked. And they were so blown away by what I had done. Everyone's like, well, what you do? You know, help me, help me, help me. And all of a sudden, everyone that laughed, they all wanted help. And it's, <laughs> I guess they're lucky I am the way I am because most, most people be like, no, you doubted me. I'm not going to help you. But it's just not the way I am. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll help whoever I can, you know, out. So um, I just became, that's where it really started my helping other people. And the people that I liked helping the most wasn't necessarily, one thing I'll tell you, I just never really did problem, but it is so much easier to train a female than a, than a male. So I, I came up with, I wound up having a pro competitive team. Uh, all the females on the team, I helped get their pro cards and they were doing awesome in all different organizations. And, but my real passion were uh, transformations, like radical transformations. I was on a list at Roswell for post-operative cancer patients, um, you know, because not everyone gets small. A lot of people, you know, they blew it up from chemo. So uh, I was helping them get their lives back Um helping major, major transformations, like 100, 200 pounds loss. Um, I had a client, Nate, that, you know, I helped him. I, I want to say he lost 180 pounds. It was crazy. And he was wow. so touched by me helping him. Uh, he wrote a quote, uh, you know, dedicated me across his chest with the Superman symbol. So it, it's like I was, I felt like, because I lived through that car accident, because I had the, I guess, the inner strength, I felt like my life was spared for a reason, and it wasn't for trophies. <laughs> Definitely, it wasn't to be in magazines. It was to help and inspire other people. So it was like each person I helped, um, I kind of got like that, like I was justifying being here. And it became very, very important to me to continue helping people. And, you know, I mean, you see all the stuff I do with kids and, and people of mm -hmm. all ages. And I, I mean, I just, I, I feel like I, that's why I'm here. You know, I, I was kept here for a reason and, and that was to help you. So, you know, it, it's going back to what you asked before about all the negativity and the, and the bashing and the hating and all that stuff. For a while it was bothering me. But then I just, I realized why they do it, and it's insecurity, and it's all that stuff. And my favorite thing mm -hmm. to say to someone, or, or, you know, a very popular thing I'll say is, look, you can hate on me all you want, 
but someday, God forbid, if your child is in that hospital room, still raise the money for him. You know, I will mm-hmm. still, I will still put on that mask and walk in the room and give him a smile. You know what I mean? So, if it makes people feel better, you know, to to bash and hate and do it, go, you know, you do what you need to do. It's not going to change what my mission is, and my mission isn't to necessarily pose in front of mirrors and all that stuff. The way I look does one thing. As far as I'm concerned, the way I look does one thing. It gets people's attention. Mm-hmm. Past mm-hmm. getting someone's attention, then it allows me to say what I need to say or help people the way I need to help them. I use the way I look. Only, when I go to schools to speak for uh, the Guardian Angels for uh, anti-bullying and stuff like that, when the kids first see me, they're like, holy hell, you know what I mean? I get their attention. But once I have someone's attention and I can get my message across, then I mm-hmm. did then I did what I was supposed to do. And Absolutely. Hey, if you yeah. want to hate on me for the way I look, you can hate on me all you want, but just re- listen to my words. Because once you, and I've turned a lot of haters. They, there's a lot of guys, you know Mickey Moto, right? You know what I'm talking yes. about in uh, wrestling? Okay, perfect example. Yes. How we met, how we met was he was one of the haters, right? And he was bashing me, bashing me, bashing me. And I kind of, I wrote him back calmly, you know, and I, I you know, we kind of went back and forth, and then he was all, all of a sudden he was like, what the hell am I doing? You know, and he actually said that. I cannot tell you how many times that guy apologized to me, right? He's like, man, I don't know why I was doing what I was doing. He's like, but and it, now he's like become it, one of my closest inter- internet friends is through that. I know. But it's so funny, though. People get caught up. I saw a funny meme about some husband was on the computer and the wife says, I have time to eat. And he's like, no, I, I can't make it right now. I'm, I'm trying to prove someone wrong on the internet. Like, it's like, and I, I'm guilty sometimes that I'll start like all of a sudden arguing about with people. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to change this person's view on gun laws. And I would like to yeah. share my like opinion, but I'm like, you know what? Why bother? Because this person is just their ideology is going to be more important than mine. And then before you know it, it's yep. insulting. And then I'm thinking to myself, why am I getting myself worked up at like 4 o'clock in the morning when I should be training and not right. worried about what Joe Blow <laughs> from Cincinnati thinks? You know what I mean? But you get hung up. But I heard some great advice on how to get rid of, how to kind of like mess with the haters out there, you know, especially the ones out there mm-hmm. threatening your family. You find out who they are. It's not hard to find yeah. out where they live or who they are. You get their address yeah. and you send them a picture on Google Maps of their house and then you block them. Yeah, that's what I did. I wrote that. Yeah, that's what I did. That, exactly. that was my post. <laughs> that's exactly what yeah. I did. Yeah. Exactly what I'm getting at. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah. I'm being a little sarcastic, but the thing is, is yeah. and, and that's is the funniest <laughs> stuff I've heard. When you were yeah. talking to Greg Valentino about that, I laughed my butt off, man. I was like, that is the yeah. best news ever. But the thing is, like, going back to when you were <laughs> – The guy was in – the guy was in – he was in Toronto, <laughs> and this guy just went off on me just nonstop. And as soon as I – you know, as he was talking, I looked it up. I found his apartment building or his condo or whatever, whatever the hell it was. I screenshot it, sent it to him, and I told him I was going to come up to film episode three of Ask Big Frank. So he finally kicked my ass, right? And then I blocked. And then I blocked him. Yeah, I know. That was so funny, dude. I, I laughed. I was like, "That's the greatest thing ever." Because the biggest strength, the biggest strength 
all the time is silence for the most part, you know what I mean? Especially with that yeah. stuff because it's so negative. You yeah. can't win those battles. And unfortunately, yeah. when you put yourself out there and you have a lot of followers and you, you kind of yep. hit something that I you know, that's the thing that about me a lot of times, you know, people will be drawn to me of the way I look or whatever. And then I'll be able to like mm-hmm. kind of talk to them about whatever, you know, my message or talk to them about the Lord yeah. or talk to them about, being positive or talking to them about whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. and it gives me an opportunity that someone else might have a better story than me, but just because of uh, my, the way people perceive me or whatever, it, it happens, but you can use it positive. And that's like where I, I don't understand, like when you put yourself out there, all the people that you mm-hmm. do end up helping, like the guys that you change their lives and stuff like that make a huge difference yeah. and it's well worth it. You know, I get messages yeah. from people that talk, hey, man, thanks for motivating me or whatever. And I'm like, wow, that's it motivates me. You know what I mean? And it's just like, because yeah. motivation doesn't last long, but it's nice to have little spurts of it throughout the day to help you, you know, kind of push yourself a little bit when you don't want to or you're tired or, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, do you think, like, when you were, like, coming back from, like, the injury and the accident and stuff, like, and people were, like, mm-hmm. laughing at you, do you think you're – do you think a lot of that motivation was anger? Do you think you were like just that's what got you Definitely. through? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it was it was anger and, and I used that anger. I used the anger not only from people laughing and doubting, but the anger that I had to go through it and, and the why me. Of course you do the you always do the why me and of course, of course. um the anger of the pain itself. The anger of the pain itself. So it's like I had to explode on something. You know what I mean? And I was, you know, I'm not going to go kick the dog. So, so uh, all of a sudden, yeah. you know, I just started taking my anger out on pain. Um, I started using my pain and using my anger to go through the pain. And it was really, it was, it was almost crazy. Like sometimes we get so mad, we just want to go beat the shit out of something. Right. And we'll punch something until our, <laughs> you know, our hands bleed. Basically I was doing that with my entire body. Like I was just forcing my body to work through what I mean I was tearing through scar tissue I was tearing through adhesions I was I was literally ripping my insides apart gain this muscle and it, it's, it's almost weird it was like I was almost torturing my almost like someone would this is gonna sound sick but you know how like people with, with pain inside where they, they take to like cutting themselves or hurting them I was just going through the pain to 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 get out how angry I was inside and I used it, you know, but I, I guess I, I used it in a positive way because I fixed tool. myself. Yes. Yeah, of course. You know, it's funny when I hear the anger stories about, and I never think about it, but today I was, you know, our pastor was sharing a, a story at church and it was like about Michael Jordan, you know, he's a big Michael Jordan fan. Of course, Michael Jordan, the best yeah. basketball player of all time. He didn't make his high school varsity team, and he got cut by he, him and the Leroy Smith were the last two, and he got cut by, you know, he got cut, and Leroy Smith went on and played. And, of course, we know Michael Jordan's career, you know, he came. Yeah. But, you know, he was so angry, and that was his motivation all through the years. He was so angry. So when they go to hotel rooms and they're traveling, they use fake names, and he used Leroy Smith all his life. Like, And <laughs> he retired, you know, his – um his retirement speech, you could tell that he was really never happy because he didn't have any fulfillment. Like he was the best ever, but now he sits on his yard drinking Corona's till the pain goes away. I mean, that's just not the life I want to live. You know what I mean? But when you use it the way you have, and then you turn it around and help people, 
I mean, it's got to yeah. be inspirational when you see people lose weight and change their lives. I know as a trainer myself over the 25 years, I trained thousands of people and made a difference in their lives by, you know, yeah. maybe they have muscular dystrophy or they're, you know, diabetic exactly. or whatever it is. And you're helping. I'm not talking about getting a person ready for a body motion. I'm talking about the guy that, that 30 or 40 pounds really made a difference in this guy's self-esteem or, or health for that matter. And, uh, yes. You know, I guess and you change their life. Uh, you're, cha- you're changing lives. So it's really rewarding. So I see the motivation and I see what you're doing to be like very, very, you know, very great in this day and age because so many people out there are looking to sell you a uh, get, you know, get in shape quick scheme and really not helping people. Yep. Unfortunately, it's, you think, it's, it's, you the, day, it's the day and age that we're at. It's, you think you think yeah. being fat and out of shape and getting into the shape you're in now, like you think having the injury and doing that, people can look at you and because when I see your transformation pictures, I don't know that guy. You know what I mean? I don't know yeah. that. I, I know you from who you are now. You know, in the last few years yeah. of who you have become. So to me, when I look at that, I I can't relate to who that person is. But sure. as a person that's living that life. Do you, you feel like yeah. that's a huge advantage that you have over someone else that, you know, is a trainer that hasn't gone through that? Do you think that people are more inspired by your journey? You know, it, it's – I could say either way, and, and let me tell you why. Um, people who follow me and they listen to my words, right, if you listen to me and you watch me, you're going to know that I believe anyone can do that. Okay, so I think even more inspiring is more what I say. My pictures just show what can be done. And I have even more the The negative end is the average trainers out there. The trainers that, you know, they they transformation in their life. Um it's almost like sometimes people look at them like that is more realistic for them. Like I'm almost too extreme for them to listen to, you know, because we're, we're in an age where, like I said, you know, strive to be mediocre. So it's almost like people will Mm -hmm. look at them and say, well, I know I can definitely look like them in a very short period of time. So I'm going to listen to what they tell me to do, but that's a huge mistake because my, what's that? I was just going to say, not to cut you off, but do you think because you're on the extreme, like the extreme level of size and muscularity, of course, you know, not everybody's going to look yeah. like you, but yeah. you show people the base you came from. Do you think that's yes. the secret there that you can turn, you can I kind of so. tone it back and go, look what I looked like before. Look at me now. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. That's a great, yes. great transformation. Yeah, I what it, the what I want to let people know, and, I, and what I always tell them is, you have to know my story to understand why I went extreme. I went extreme because, like I said, it it masks my injuries. Um, what I suggest for someone to be over three hundred pounds, absolutely not. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just I just wouldn't. For me, it works. For me, even though I am over 300 pounds, I'm still very functional. I, you know, I'm not breathing heavy. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm playing with my kids and doing stuff like that. I'm not, some bodybuilders, they get huge and you can tell they can't even tie their shoe. You know, that's just not me. My frame can, can hold 
size and, and allow me to be functional. Um, I would just tell people to understand that, you know, just because it's hard to, to look at a trainer who's never been through anything and say that they're going to be able to help you. They don't know what you're struggling through. You know what I mean? I would tell someone, go with someone who, who does have a story that made the transformation that you made. They're going to be the one to help you. You know, not someone who, you know, has a fast metabolism, you know, <laughs> you know is a mesomorph and, and you know, is, is always looks fantastic. You know, just because they said that you can eat pizza or, or whatever, maybe they can eat pizza, but their program and what they're trying to sell you is just that. Like, they're, they're just selling it. You know, it's it's a scary time because, you know, when, when I do walk through the Arnold, you know, I look at the people at the booth and... You know, there was another uh, pro bodybuilder, Zach Kahn, who uh, just posted on this just yesterday on Instagram. He was saying he's not even going to the Arnold because he's sick. He's not going. No, he's not going. No, he's not going because he's sick of of females, you know, on how to grow their ass, but they're getting ass implants. You know what I mean? Or, or or, Or guys who are saying that this is the best way to do this, but they've always been lean. You know what I mean? It's like, you didn't do anything, dude. You you didn't you didn't change yourself. And you know, so you know the sad part is those are the guys like Zach that should be yeah. there, and the guy that's like the plastic Ken doll guy shouldn't be there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it's so funny. You're so right. I mean, girls get millions of followers. There's a girl out there. I don't know exactly who she is, but I just heard because of people talking about that on different podcasts about how funny it is that she has over two million. Uh, followers and all she does is have like butt shots and it's amazing yeah. that she'll give advice to people yeah. I guess but that's yeah. the day and age we live in and he's 100% correct yep. it kind of takes it away that's kind of my that's kind of why I got out of the industry myself and kind of why I kind of got out of the uh, training industry because um, when yep. you're in gyms you see a guy charging $80 and he's like he, he, you know what I mean he um, just is still going to college <laughs> and uh Yep. You know, he's a kinesiologist because yep. that's what you need for a trainer, you know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just kind of strange, which it's just, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, uh, if, if you have a, a good following or a good, like, whatever it is, like, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying negative stuff about people, I'm just saying that they might not know as much about what's going on with training, but sure. they can sell a, you know, a lot of money yeah. selling you a I mean, here, cutter. Here's the program. thing. I think you'll agree. Um, the secret to selling, especially in fitness, the secret to selling is confusion. The more you confuse people, I'll tell people this. In gyms, a lot of times you go to the gym, right? And, like, let's say your favorite mm-hmm. machines are normally, like, here, here. You know where everything is. You walk in one day, everything's, like, mixed around. You're like, what the hell is going on? Oh, we have to make some changes. The reason why those gyms do that is so that when people walk in, they don't know because a smart gym will keep the chest equipment in one area, the back equipment somewhere else. But gyms, this methodology, methodology, uh, (laughs) this came out where you start moving around so that when someone comes in, they get confused. So when you're confused, hmm. you don't know where a machine is, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to ask the trainer that they have walking around. 
you know, where's this bed? Mm-hmm. And then the trainer is trained to start talking and find out what your goals are. Um, and what they're going to mm-hmm. do is they're going to eventually sell that personal training to you. Well, the same thing with the programs out right now and everything on the internet, that everyone is trying to confuse you so bad that you don't even try on your own. That you're just like, all right, there's so much, you know, conflicting stuff. I'm not even going to bother. So what do people do? They're like, well, I'm going to get a trainer, but I'm just going to pick out and not train until I finally find the trainer that I want. You know what I mean? It, it's, yeah, that's awesome. it's crazy. It's, it's so much easier than people make it out to be. You know what I mean? It, go with a diet that works for you, you know, and, and just do your cardio and slowly, you know, reduce your carbs if you're doing carbs or, or if you're doing fat, slowly, you know, lower your calories. Mm-hmm. It's not everybody's putting out stuff to make you so confused that you don't know, how, that you feel like you can't do it on your own. And everyone wants to discredit the other person. They'll be like, oh, you don't yeah. want to go with that trainer because they're going to give you metabolic damage. You don't want to go with that trainer because carbs have been found to, to cause inflammation of the joints. And you don't want to go with that person because, you know, your body is going to be able to process that much protein. It's just like, oh, okay, stop. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, Dude, if you, and it's if that's you, all it is. It's selling. They're selling. I know. If you want to give yourself a headache, go go make a post on Facebook about how horrible the vegan diet is or how you're going to eat meat every day. I eat any carbs. And then the next thing you know, people are coming up with this outlandish. I don't even know what to say, but it's just so funny how I always say you got tons of experts with no credentials and it's just funny, but that's the day. That's the age we live in, man. That's the age we live in. You post something on social media and if you don't like it, um, I ignore it. It's none of my business, yeah. and then I think to myself, if someone wants to ask my opinion, then you know I'll 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 um I'll voice it. But if I see someone doing something wrong or something different, that's up to them because yeah. I think trial and error is very important. But you know to go yeah. on and say this program doesn't work or I died a thousand people and this is how I do it, and you know those are people. And I used to work for a trainer that I kid you not, he would tell me the same story. That the hip hop preacher would, you know, talk about how how much you want to breathe, you know what I mean? He said his trainer took mm-hmm. him out in the water and put his head underneath the water, you know that whole thing. And you know the guy you think would, yeah. you, you think he invented protein, you know that's what he thinks. <laughs> and and those are the types of people that, you know, you can't, you're not open minded to try anything. Yeah. And and it's just, it's yeah. really uh, it's really sad that people have that mind frame. But you know that's yeah. you know each to their own. I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, and like I said, we're just in a very, very strange time now with uh, the way Absolutely. we communicate. Uh, you know, it's like text message and, you know, no one ever wants to talk to anybody anymore. It's like, I'll just Facebook you or Instagram you and I'll just, you know, whatever. And that's the way it is nowadays. And, you know, that's just it. It's really strange. It's, re- it's really, uh, I find it fascinating, kind of weird at the same time. Yeah. So, Frank, what's going on? Arnold, tell people where you're going to be, what booth you're at. I know you're hanging out with Big Greg G. V. Um, Greg Valentino. <laughs> we got Valentino. We got Rick Drazen. We we got a bunch of guys coming. Like a lot of guys, like from nineties, oh, early two thousand. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's going to be fun. It's at the uh, the Muscle Gels booth. Now, um, I kept telling everyone, Iron Mag Labs. They own Muscle Gels, but the the, the booth you yeah. want to look for is the Muscle Gels booth. And I'm going to be filming, okay. you know, uh, my fourth episode of Ask Big Frank there. Um, 
my you know my show weekly. Uh, last week I, I did a special on uh, arm wrestling. I don't know if you caught it. I got John Hynowski on there winning. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, Big Frank, and it's on uh, YouTube. And you go to YouTube, the Iron Mag Labs uh, YouTube page, and you'll see it right there. It's Ask Big Frank. Uh, it's episode two. I focus on arm wrestling. Uh, John Hanowski won the No Love Loss tournament there, and I had a couple other people featured. Yeah, so it was fun. You got to see me uh, ride a mechanical bull for about half a second before I got fell off. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> awesome. dude, it's funny. You'll crack up. But, you know, I hope people come out. They check me out. I, what's that? Big props to John for winning that, man. That was a really great – that was right. awesome, man. I'm so proud. I texted him after it was over, you know, because uh, we talked that he came down for nationals here in Orlando a few months uh-huh. ago, and uh, I know John, you know, back and forth. Yeah. But, um, yeah, great to see him um, do well and win that. I know his uh, his dad would be looking down proud of him, that's for sure. Yeah. So big props to him. Yeah, for, check out my video, dude, because when I videoed him, I, I know that I know you're a believer, so uh, you can see these very distinct orbs floating around. Wait until you see it; it's really freaky. But uh, the orbs, and then he wound up, you know, winning, and, and he beat Brandon, which was and Brandon is just awesome, dude. He is so cool the way he handled he, it. So professional, so so just such a great guy, you know. And you know, he's he just keeps getting better and better and better. He's awesome. So. He is. Just to see John be able to, to do that, it was just, it was incredible. Um, I had a great time. I, I think I think it was one of those times where, like, I, you know, I kind of walked in and people were like, Jesus, you're bigger in person. You know, I got that a lot. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, I love that arm wrestling and everything is going to be at the Arnold. So I'm going to be in my glory because I'm going to see, like, every industry that I love is going to be there. Um, I hope everyone comes out to the Muscle Gels booth, you know, to talk to me or whatever. I'll get some people on the show, and uh, anyone has ideas for future shows or anyone has any tournaments, whether it be, you know, arm wrestling or bodybuilding or, or powerlifting, strongman, whatever, you know, you want to invite me to come out, I'll film the show, you know, give your show some, some attention and, and stuff like that. I'd be more than happy to come out and do that. So uh, hopefully people come over and talk to me, get to know me as a person. It would be really cool. Awesome, man. Hey, Frank, I really want to thank you for uh, doing this, man, and it was great chatting with you, and uh, I wish you the best of luck uh, in your future endeavors, brother. It was a pleasure, brother. It was a true honor to be the first one. Uh, I hope the show takes off for you, and I'll be listening nonstop. I appreciate it, brother. Take care. All right. All right, guys, we're out of here. Have a good night. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.